Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So today we're observing the 10th anniversary of the installation here of uh, Krishna Balaram. Hari Haladari, the Lord and his brother, who is the carrier of the club. Lord Balaram, uh, Namaste Haladgraha. This is a you know the pronoun mantras for Lord Balaram. Namaste Haladgraha. Uh, Namaste Mushalayuda. Namaste Revatikanta. Namaste Bhaktavatsala. Namaste Dharini Dara. Namaste Balanam Shrestha. Palambare Namaste Stuvahimam Krishna Purvaja. You know the mean? Namaste Halagraha. He carries the plow, the hala, halagraha, he holds a plow. Mushalayuda, he fights with a club. Like in battle, it's, uh, the club is his weapon. One of Balaram's name is Duryodhana Guru. Because he taught Duryodhana how to fight with a club. That was his expertise, so he's called Duryodhana. I have a godbrother named Duryodhana Guru Das. <laughs> you can't call him Duryodhana for short, you know. Because <laughs> Duryodhana is a bad guy, but anyway. Namaste, Halagraha, Namaste, Vishalayuda. Namaste, Revati Kanta, the beloved of Revati. Uh, namaste, Bhakta Vatsala. He's very um, kind to the devotees. That's his other feature I want to talk about today. Namaste Bhaktivat. Namaste Dharani Dara. He holds up the earth. He's the, Prabhupada says, is the force of gravity. Right. He holds up the earth. You see him as a Nantashesha, that's Balaram's expansion. Huh? All the, all the uh, expansions of Krishna. At first, Balaram is Krishna's first expansion, and then there's expansions of expansions. So, Mahavishnu, Shirodakshai Vishnu, Karuna Dakshai Vishnu, Karnana Dakshai Vishnu. Namaste Halagraha, Namaste Vishalaya, Namaste Rivatikanta, Namaste Bhaktivatsala, Namaste Dharanidar, Namaste Balanam Shrestha, the best of the strong. Palambare Namaste Stu, uh, enemy of Palambasura, Palambare, <laughs> have mercy on me, Namaste Stu. Ehimam, come to me, we say, come to me, Ehimam. Krishna Purvaja, older brother of Krishna. Ehimam yeah. Krishna Purvaja. Those are the prayers to Lord Balaram. So these are, here we have uh, uh, Krishna and Balaram. So very merciful because Balaram is so especially uh, merciful. And you notice he's bigger than Krishna. That's because he's his older brother. A little bit, not by much. But <laughs> He's a, he's a little uh, a little bit older. So, uh, Prabhupada tells us, I think I have it uh, here uh, to look at, that uh, uh, Prabhupada says, yeah. oh yeah, when he talks about the, uh, about Balaram, uh, there's a, uh, uh, verse uh, uh, Ramo Bhagavan Sattvatam Prabhu that's Bhagavatam 1.14.24 Bhagavan Sattvatam Prabhu that he is the protector of the devotees uh, so it's again it's very particular see Prabhupada our central temple in Vrindavan is Krishna Balaram a very interesting thing that Prabhupada did was was make because the place where our temple is in Vrindavan happens to be Ramanreti, which is where uh, Krishna and Balaram had many many pastimes. He said that was the reason. And of course, he also had Radha Krishna and so on. But they were, they were the main, the central deities were Krishna and Balaram. Very strange. People thought that was a little unusual. 
in Vrindavan, which people mostly know for Radha and Krishna, that he had Krishna and Balaram. But it, as far as I can see, to, to give us spiritual strength, that's the first thing we need is spiritual strength. Uh, 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 and the, the strength that Balaram gives is well there's a little material strength because he is the force of gravity but all that whatever you see that's material is coming out of the spirit spirit is first and matter is, is really second rate stuff after, <laughs> after spirit you know so he's, uh, he's where the spiritual power lies. Uh, uh, so Prabhupada says, among the various names of the relatives, the name of Rama or Balaram, the eldest brother of Lord Krishna, is added with the words, the personality of Godhead. You see, this is Rama Bhagavan. He calls him Bhagavan. Rama Bhagavan. Sattvatam Prabhu. The protector of the... Uh, Prabhu, the protector, Prabhupada translate here as protector. You think master, oh, it's bad to have a master. But not if the master is your protector. Then it's good to have a master. Uh, uh, so the protector of the sattvata, the devotees. Uh, so he says that because he's, uh, because Lord Balaram's the immediate expansion of Vishnu Tattva as the Prakash Vigraha of Lord Krishna. He's the protector of the devotees of the Lord. Baladeva acts as the spiritual master of all devotees. He is the original spiritual master, Prabhupada says. And by his causeless mercy, the fallen souls are delivered. So it's all coming from Balaram, the deliverance of the world. Is that's why he's more merciful. You see in Chaitanya Leela, there's Chaitanya and Nityananda. Nityananda is Balaram. He's more merciful than Lord Chaitanya. It's described that Lord Nityananda, he has those characteristics of Balaram, very funny and very merciful. <laughs> when God wants to be a comedian, he's the best comedian. You can't beat him. And why shouldn't he be? You know, people like laughter. Where does it come from? Jambadasiyataha. Everything comes from there. So, so Prabhupada. Then he says here, Sri Baladeva appeared as Nityananda Prabhu during the advent of Lord Chaitanya, and the great Lord Nityananda Prabhu exhibited his causeless mercy by delivering a pair of extremely fallen souls, namely Jaghai and Madhai, unqualified. It's just sheer mercy. And that's why I'm here today, maybe the rest of us too. Unquote. Sheer mercy. Sheer mercy. Therefore, it is particularly mentioned here in that Balaram is the protector of the devotees of the Lord. By his divine grace, only one can approach the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. So you're lucky that they gather there. So here is a very accessible form that you said, Krishna and Balaram. And thus, Sri Balaram is the mercy incarnation of the Lord, manifest as the spiritual master, the savior of the pure devotees. This is Prabhupada's purport there. Uh, later on, uh, uh, or oh, this is from uh, Prabhupada in the Krishna book, again, talking about uh, Balaram. Uh, in the Upanishad it is stated, Nayamatma Balahinena Labhyaha. The purport is that one cannot attain the supreme platform of self-realization without being sufficiently favored by Balaram. Bala does not mean physical strength. No one can attain spiritual perfection by physical strength one must have the spiritual strength which is infused by Balaram or Shankarsana. Ananta or Shesha is the source of the power which sustains all the planets in their different positions. Materially, this sustaining power is known as the law of gravitation, but actually it is a display of the potency of Shankarsana. Balaram or Shankarsana is the source of spiritual power 
or the original spiritual master. Therefore, Lord Nityananda Prabhu, who is also the incarnation of Balaram, is the original spiritual master. And the spiritual master is the representative of Balaram, the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who supplies spiritual strength. So that's what's very special about these deities here uh, that we have of, of Krishna and Balaram. And it is Balaram really who makes Krishna more accessible. If you just look at their faces, Balaram is looking out at us with very big and inviting eyes. Krishna is a little more introspective. <laughs> Uh, I noticed that when when, when they came. You know? So he does this. Now, uh, I, I, my own experience was uh, that Balaram came first because because before I was a devotee, uh, I had uh, decided I in college I, I had studied philosophy uh, and. Uh, then after college, I went to a year of graduate school in English literature, but was a little disappointed in, 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 in some of that. But I found out that they had these things that were just starting in America called uh, the academic study of religion, religion departments. Not religion being taught uh, as a human activity rather than from some particular confession of faith. They're not teaching you to be priest or men. They're just, you've got to look at religion. And so, uh, in Philadelphia, Temple University was one place that had a, one of these new religion departments. So, I ended up going there to just check out religions. I'd studied philosophy, studied Let me see what religion had to say. And so, I had a Hinduism course. My first course, I started with Hinduism. And it was taught by Swami Nikalananda. Swami Nikalananda was a scholar. Uh, he translated the Upanishads. But he was the head of the Ramakrishna mission here in New York. And when he taught Hinduism, he was teaching Mayavad philosophy. The Ramakrishna mission version of Mayavad philosophy, impersonalism. Uh, and, uh, but I took his course, I was very interested in this. Uh, uh, and then, uh, then uh, uh, that summer, our wife and I, same one we sitting here, uh, we we went we went to the West Coast to spend the summer with her parents in in Oregon, and and I had a job in a tin can factory where I was trying to practice karma yoga. Because Swami Nikolananda said, his idea of karma yoga, you work with all your might and you work for the sake of the works. You don't think about the fruits or the reward. You just do it yourself. You know, just the work for the sake of the work. You become one with your work. When I described this to, to my wife, she thought was, she got afraid I was going to fall into the machinery. Because it was a can factory, you know, it was a very dangerous place. It got to become one with my work. But I was trying, you know. I was trying. See, because when they, because he was an impersonalist, uh, which means that you're God too, that if you take the money and you put it in your own pocket, you're giving it to God. <laughs> so they couldn't explain it to give the fruits of your work to Krishna, which is what sits to your bed, so you keep it. So uh, that was, anyway, so I was trying. Uh, and then, then uh, we go to an import house up, up, up in Portland, just big new thing. And we're look, walking around and seeing what was there with her, her family and everything. And I see this box, you know, about maybe as big as this lectern here, a cardboard box. And I look inside, and there are these little wooden images. Some are white, and some are black. Some are yellow, with big eyes, you know. And I thought, wow! I looked at them. I picked up them, started looking at them one and other, and uh, and I, I I thought they were they were uh, childlike, seemed like very childlike, but very wise at the same time. And I couldn't see how you how they managed to get these things together. They looked primitive to me, you know. But anyway, that 
So I looked at the price tag on the bottom and I can only afford one. So I took Lord Balaram home with me. <laughs> that was the one I did. I don't know why. But that was the one I, now I know why, but then I didn't know why. Huh? I was like five dollars or something like that, you know. I mean, can you imagine what they cost in India? You know, anyway. <laughs> That's another story. So I, I took him home and I just put him over my desk and uh, another year or so passed. And, uh, th- but in that next year I saw some devotees chanting on campus and I went up to them and talked to them and uh, kind of interested in what they were doing, you know, being Krishna freaks and things like that. And, and then a friend of mine uh, called up uh, from, from uh, undergraduate school and said, Hey man, there's this far out love feast, you got to come, you know. <laughs> so we started to go there. Some devotees had come down from New York City to Philadelphia and opened a temple. They rented a house uh, in West Philadelphia near the University of Pennsylvania. So we started going to the Sunday feast, you know. And... Uh, and, and uh, the devotees were so strange. I mean, they were not very welcoming at thought and a little ominous and they were very harsh, you know? I mean, I, I, one day I, I, I stepped out uh, of, of the temple and, and I, I saw this uh, beautiful sunset and there was a devotee girl from the temple next to me. And I said, oh, what a beautiful sunset. She said, it is not beautiful. It is horrible, and if you think it's beautiful, you just have to take birth again to enjoy it. <laughs> they were like that, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you'd, uh, you, you'd uh, blow out a candle. Don't blow out a candle. Your mouth is the filthiest part of your body. Don't use your mouth to blow out a candle. You look in the kitchen. Don't look in the kitchen. That food's being offered to... You know, they were like that. <laughs> so I was, a little, was always a little scary to go to the temple, you know. <laughs> So, and they had a Panchatattva painting. It was the only with the altar was a bay window that had turned in the altar. They had a Panchatattva painting there. We used to chant and dance in front of this painting. They come down from New York. They got in a better one. They liked better, and they sent that one to Philadelphia. And so, uh, one Sunday I'm there, and I, then I, while I'm chanting, I notice that there's a plank. Uh, Above the painting, you know, because there's a bay window, they had it going over across the painting, this this board about this wide, and then on the plank were two figures, just two, about this big, and one was black, and the other was white, the same one that I had. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I need a sign, you know, I, should I get involved with these Hare Krishnas? I don't know so much, you know, I really like what they had to say, but they're so weird. But there he was, the same guy. You know, I was looking for a sign. But I didn't know who they were yet, you know, I mean, they, they, but there they were. Uh, they, they, had, they were imitating, later I thought, what they were imitating the, the early San Francisco temple where they had Jagannath deities over the Panchatattva painting. And Prabhupada had you know, installed Jagannaths there. And they didn't have a Zubhadra, they just had two. So they put them up there. So I sit down to, to eat take prasadam with the temple president, a very harsh guy named Subal. He was heavier than everybody else, but that's why he was the temple president. <laughs> and so I said to Subal, who are those figures of, uh, uh, over the altar, over the painting? And he said, oh, the, 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 the black one's Krishna. There's Lord Jagannath, Lord of the Universe. And uh, this, uh, this, uh, he's Krishna. And, and I said, well, who's the white one? Well, that's his first expansion. That's Lord Balaram, who appeared as his elder brother. But he's also a form of Krishna. I said, so he's Krishna too. He said, yes. And then I said, I don't know what to do about this, but I have him. (laughs) I have one at home. What do I do? And I was so afraid. The reason I was afraid to ask, because I was almost sure he was going to say, you can't have him. (laughs) But instead, he said, we didn't, didn't miss a beat. 
when I said, what do I do? He said, worship him. <laughs> oh, boy, it was great. So that's what I did. I started worshiping. I went and I took him down where I had him over my desk, got off the dust that I'd collected for a while. And then I noticed that the black two dots of black paint that made the pupils of his eyes, they'd flaked off. It was a couple of years, you know. But I knew right away what it was. He didn't want to see all my sinful activities and he closed his eyes. <laughs> so I got a black magic marker <laughs> and I opened it back up again and I moved to a place in the living room with a cloth and I was chanting Japa by then, so some rounds. And so I started chanting in front of him. So that's when they we talk about Lord Balaram just like Prabhupada's been describing. Yeah, that's that's why uh, I, 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 I feel particularly about that. That Lord Balaram is like uh, particularly you know the, the manifestation of of uh, Krishna's mercy and his spiritual power. So here, because you have Krishna Balaram in this very, very beautiful Vrindavan form, you know, not just you know and. and Ratiatra there in Dwarka, you know, <laughs> royal. But here they're, they're, they're simple village uh, boys. In this very merciful form, to really uh, take advantage of it. Because the mercy is there. But uh, our only thing is, sometimes we're afraid to accept the mercy. There was a Christian saint, Augustine, who said that in his, uh, uh, wrote a famous autobiography, and he was a saintly person actually, he said, he said, when I was young and foolish, uh, he said, I prayed to the Lord, Lord, give me chastity. This means celibacy. Give me chastity. But not just yet. <laughs> so sometimes, yes, Krishna, give me your mercy, make me your devotee. But wait, I want to do a few things. <laughs> this is for you, and this is for me. <laughs> we we should take advantage of the Lord's mercy if we just ask. He'll give it, and if we accept it, that is to say. We do what we, the next step we have to make our advancement in Krishna consciousness, then he'll give more. If we don't do anything with it, he'll wait. You know, it really takes somebody to force you to drink. <laughs> and there's this wonderful prayer by Raghunath Das Goswami, Sanatan Goswami. He says that, that, uh, that, uh, Vairagya yug bhakti rasam prayatnair apaya anmam anubipsamam tam kripambuderya paradukkaduki sanatanam tam prabhumashvayami. I take shelter of my guru, Sanatana Goswami. He gave me a drink. He said that was a drink that was a combination of Vairagya yug bhakti. This drink is two things mixed together. One is devotion, bhakti. You, together with, like yoga, you united with vairagya, renunciation. <laughs> he said. So the drink that Sanatana Goswami gave me was this mixed drink. It was bhakti and vairagya to mix together. And he says, and I was unwilling to drink. This is Raghunath Das Goswami. He said, I was unwilling to drink so at least we know that even big devotees, you know, sometimes they're a little unwilling. <laughs> he said, but he forced me. <laughs> he said, my spiritual master was so merciful, he forced me to drink. So you can pray like that. Force me, Krishna. Force me. Make me drink. Because that brings ultimate joy. That bhakti. Uh, at first, we may not have a taste for it, or it may seem a little difficult. But then when we begin to get, feel the effects of this potent mixture, we, there's nothing more wonderful. Uh, 
so Krishna is in our hearts. We are in human bodies. That means, as Prabhupada said very simply, human life is meant for self-realization. We all want eternal life full of bliss and full of knowledge. Now, some of you say, I just want a good job. Uh, (laughs) No, you want, everybody wants it. No, I just want this woman, or I just want this man. That's all I want. No. Because, look, we, we, we want something because we get pleasure. Right? And when we have, feel some pleasure, we feel some happiness, how long do we want it to go on? Uh, because we all have this pleasure, we feel some happy, we feel some pleasure, and then that pleasure comes to an end. When it comes to an end, how do we feel? We feel bad, we feel upset, we feel bereaved, we feel bereft. We do whatever we can to get it back again or to get some more. So our desire is that we want happiness or pleasure that never ends. That's our desire. And where are we looking for? In a place where everything is temporary. That's why this material world is not a good place. It's an incompatible situation. Because we're eternal, we want eternal happiness, but we're looking for it in a place and under conditions where all happiness is temporary. So what we want is Krishna. We are made for wanting Krishna. That's our status as, as, as part and parcel of Krishna. We are separated and we want to be rejoined. And we won't be happy. We have to become convinced of this. Oh, Prabhupada, in so many ways, he's explained to us how there is no happiness in this material world. I tried to, I remember when I was a new devotee on Sankirtan, I tried to explain to people, they said, you trying to tell me I'm not happy? How do you know? <laughs> Belligerently happy. <laughs> but it's a fact. We want eternal happiness and when it comes to an end, we want it to go on forever. An ever-increasing happiness, actually. And that, that's what is given by uh, the Lord. And so, the, if now Lord Chaitanya has come, we are the, the bad thing, whereas in, in Kali Yuga, the good thing, it happens to be the Yuga cycle, when Krishna appears. It says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, when Krishna appeared and Balaram and all his associates, they brought with him the storehouse of love of God. But it was locked. That was the thing. It was locked. Only a few people could really take it. But it says when Lord Chaitanya came with his associates, with Lord Nityananda, with Advaita, the Panchatattva, when he came with the Panchatattva actually, Srivas, Gadadhar, all five, and then as when they chanted and danced, they broke open that locked storehouse of love of God. And they distributed the contents to everybody. And they didn't care who was fit or who was unfit. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why we're here. Uh-huh. And you, you should think th- how much Krishna wants us. Uh, I've got an, an idea of how much Krishna wants us. You can get an idea, but I think of the trouble that the Vaishnavas have come to bring Krishna consciousness to the West. How much work, well, just say recently, Bhaktivinoda Thakur did. He had a good position. Uh, you know, he was almost an Englishman. <laughs> he was a, a magistrate in the, in, in the Raj, the government. He knew English very, very well. Uh, he was acquainted with... Uh, you know, English literature and writings. Uh, he, he got the idea of spreading Krishna consciousness all around the world. 
He wrote some things in English and sent them abroad. And his son did the next step, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He made a mission. He took Bhaktivinoda Thakur's main uh, journal was called Sajanatoshini. You know, he, I mean, what he was doing preaching was to you know, in Bengal they called them the Bhadralok. Uh the the uh, English speaking educated class of Bengalis. They're kind of a special kind of middle class, huh? uh, and. Uh, they all uh, spoke English uh, and remember uh, Calcutta until 1911 was the headquarters of the British Raj in the East uh, so it was already globalism, it's not a recent thing and people like Bhaktivinoda Thakur could think of themselves as part of a bigger intellectual com- uh, community because he was writing and publishing so many journals of Krishna consciousness, but this idea of writing journals, periodicals, magazines, uh, was that's what was going on in London and America. That's how all the latest ideas were being thought about and discussed. People were writing journals, and in England they were sitting in coffee houses and tea houses and reading the journals and discussing with each other and writing replies, you know. So he was part of he was part of that. Uh, uh, so he had this idea of going everywhere, and then then Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur managed to expand the movement, make it a preaching movement. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, they're all mostly householders, but 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 Bhakti Siddhanta made mats. Mats mean there's Brahm, there's brahmacharis and sannyasis. It's a monastery with temples associated. And in a few years, he had them all over India and even a couple in, in, in Burma. But their real goal from the beginning was to go to the West. And, he, and, and, and he, in, uh, very early on, he turned, I can't remember the exact date, he turned... Uh, Sajimatoshini into the English language journal The Harmonist. That main publication of Bhaktivinoda was in English. And therefore wrote in English. He had Nishikant Sanyal, this uh, philosophy, uh, this uh, professor of history at Ravenshaw College in Kutak, an English language college, was his main English language writer. And together they wrote this journal. Came out all the time. I read all the issues of it. Uh, to see, to see what they were doing. Worked very hard to do that. They also worked on a book, a big, thick book called Sri Krishna Chaitanya, the first of three volumes. It was published in, in, in Madras in 1930. And in 1933, they sent preachers to England. Uh, and uh, they were going to open a temple in London. Bhakti Siddhanta was planning to go. And uh, then, then Bhakti Siddhanta, for some reason, he became upset with his major preacher. He recalled them, was going to start over again with something else. But the real problem was, I think, that in 1933, the year that they went to England, the same year Hitler came to power in Germany and all hell was going to break loose. So there was a break, you know, for World War II, basically. And then Bhaktisiddhanta's movement split. It broke into factions. They couldn't work together. Everybody was separate. And it split again. And so it lost its concerted power, its strength. But Srila Prabhupada, who was not a core member, he was a householder, as he said, as he put it, a rotten householder. He was a, I was a rotten, what his godbrothers about? I was a sannyasi and brahmacharya. I was a rotten householder, he said. He sat down, because his first communication with Bhaktisiddhanta when he met him, at the beginning of his movement, I think in 1927, 
Uh, and then uh, his last letter from him uh, told him to preach in English. And everybody knew what that meant. It meant go to the West. And so Prabhupada did it on his own. And when he did it, he was, it was a, he had no institutional support. In fact, people tried to stop him practically. He, he, he wrote, he wrote it, and had to have an English language book like, like Bhakti Siddhanta had done. So, you know, he did the Bhagavatam himself, all by himself. He uh, published the book. I saw the book that the Bogodia Mott. I had an original copy. Got it from a university library. The Sri Krishna Taitanya. Published in Madras in 1930. It was in very good shape. There was very good, high quality paper. High quality binding. Same binding was there. Excellent printing. They used a lot of money to make that book to take to England. Prabhupada had to do it all by himself. And the binding, fall, I, I had those books that Prabhupada brought over, you know, the papers falling apart, it's so old and not. Didn't, he was, didn't have the resources. So the point is, he did it all and then he came by himself. He took so much trouble to give Krishna consciousness. Uh, you know, I'm older than Prabhupada was now when he came. You know, he was like 69th birthday, really. We say 70th, but you know, in India they began counting at conception. So, 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 you know, I know how hard it is. That's the time you want to slow down and take it easy. He's, that's when he really started to work hard. And, and he did it. And then there was so much trouble. He said he said, he sent some of his disciples when he finally got them some. First of all, they weren't the kind of people you would expect, you know, hippies, you know, and all that stuff, drug addicted hippies. Uh, but he accepted them, uh, and uh, and uh, and they began to expand. He, when he sent some back to India, first thing he did was reinitiate them and tell them Prabhupada wasn't bona fide. You know, that was kind of stuff that was going on. Yeah, it was like a, very difficult what Prabhupada did. And he wrote in a letter, it's very difficult to make a devo devotee. I have to spit, spit, spill my blood. What did he say? A hundred ounces in order to make one person a devotee. You know? It was very hard. But he did it. So the reason I'm talking about the trouble Prabhupada took, that's how much Krishna wants us back. The trouble that devotees take they're acting as Krishna's visible instruments, and that's how much Krishna wants us. So we, why does he want us? Because he, well, he's, there's a party going on, and he wants us to take part. Because he wants to have a relationship with us. We're individuals. Everybody's different. And he wants a relationship with each other. He thinks that you have something to offer him, I have something to offer him. Here he's got all those perfect gopis and cowherd boys and everything, and he still wants us. So that's that, that the fact is that Krishna wants us very, very badly. And we are fortunate that here we are, uh, Lord Chaitanya has come, and his servants are spreading out, uh, bringing us Krishna consciousness. Uh, and so the, that's why uh, we are all uh, really, especially have to be grateful for the mercy of Lord Balaram. Uh, very funny and very merciful. Uh, then manifest as Nityananda, who went everywhere and he initiated a lot of unfit people, too. <laughs> so, uh, so th this 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 is is Krishna's mercy, and uh, so here we are thinking especially uh, that this temple is a manifestation of this mercy, and we should all take advantage of it. So when we are given this gift by Krishna, we should show Krishna that we want it. We have to take that vairagya yuk bhakti. 
you can't separate it's a little mixed drink in the beginning in the beginning in the end it's all bliss <laughs> in the beginning it seems like it's a little difficult but we just have to show Krishna now we have we have an ideal the ideal is the pure devotee and that looks like so you know wow we have examples of such pure surrendered devotees uh, uh, and we should we can we're not like that but what we can do is and if you look at the whole thing you know here, here I am now let's say my left hand here's the pure devotee on my right hand it looks like a big trip and I was, the issue isn't whether we're here or here or here or here or here on this trip, you know. The question is, are we sincerely trying to become better? Anyone who's sincerely trying to become better is good. If you get up pretty far and you stop trying to make advancement, you may slip back down again. We've seen it, actually. You have to always be trying to get better. So each of us, we have to look and see, well, what am I, what am I really doing that's right in Krishna consciousness? And where, where am I holding back? Where am I afraid? Where, where's the obstacles? What attachment that do I have that's holding me back from surrendering or becoming more devoted? What is it? And if you, you don't have to tell me, or you just tell yourself. Find out what it is, and then work on that. And you, what you're showing Krishna, I want a relationship with you. If you just say, I want a relationship, and then don't do anything, what's he going to think? But if you do just show, I, yeah, I want a relationship, I'm going to do this, then Krishna says, oh, you do want a relationship. We'll take that little bit of step toward him, he'll take a few, bigger, many more toward us. And then we find out the next step. And we take that. And our whole life becomes different. Even the whole material world becomes different. This world is actually Krishna's energy too. And if you, we can see it without attachment to material enjoyment or the fruits of our work, we'll see it that way. The way it really is. So we all have that opportunity. The, the opportunity is there. It doesn't come very often. We are very fortunate to have it. And so today especially, uh, the, the appearance of Krishna and Balaram here, 10 years, uh, time to really renew a vow to take advantage of Krishna's mercy and actually show Krishna that we really want to receive what he has to offer. Uh, uh, we may be a little reluctant and then say, okay, if I'm reluctant, force me a little bit. He'll do it. And then you'll thank him. <laughs> okay. Hare Krishna. Sri Krishna Balarama Ki Jai. Sri Hari Haladari Ki Jai. Is based for being a super All right. Anybody have any kind of questions? <coughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you said that you went to university and now you did philosophy courses, mm -hmm. and then you went on to take uh, religious knowledge courses mm -hmm. in philosophy. How did you actually say in words that these, these two philosophies differ? The philosophy that you were studying in college and the religious philosophy. Well, when I when I studied religion, uh, it was not just religious philosophy, but I was interested in when philosophy thinks about God. Often, it's called theology. Uh, and and when I studied philosophy, I was an undergraduate philosopher at the at studied philosophy at the University of Pennsylvania. And nobody took religion or God seriously in that philosophy department. You know, it was just you couldn't even mention the word. You know, and they hated it. They hated religion so much it kind of made me interested. 
Because when I thought about these, acad- I, I appreciated these academics. You know, in many ways, they were smart people, but they all seemed to me to be singularly unhappy. And actually, at the end of four years of philosophy, I went to the best person I thought was the best professor I had and said, what's the best thing that you can achieve by studying philosophy? And he said, to be clear about what you're confused about. (laughs) And I said, that's the best? (laughs) And he said, yes. (laughs) I got a little older, I I appreciated it more than I did then, but... But still, so that's why I decided, well, let me study religion. These guys hated it so much. Maybe there's something there. And it did. I got, I got, to me, you could really think about the real issues of life a little better. And I learned a few good things. But, uh, but I, I eventually, I, I ended up getting a PhD there, you know, for, in religious study after I became a devotee. Because, because I, I had finished all my coursework when I moved into the temple. And the devotees all told me to quit. They, they showed me where Prabhupada had written that the modern educational institutions are the slaughterhouse of the young. It's in the first canto. And they all said, you should quit, you know, is what he said. And I thought, oh, you know, I got, I got three, four years into this, you know. So I asked the temple president, would you inquire from Prabhupada what I should what I should do. And the word came back that Prabhupada said I should finish and get a PhD. I had done all my coursework. And that didn't affect the devotees at all. They said, no, no, you should quit. He's just telling you that because you're attached. (laughs) (laughs) They were so so sure, you know. It was the dropout thing from the hippie milieu, you know, that was was there. So I did. I went, I eventually, I I, I got got a, a PhD on a uh, idea of God, and uh, and then uh, we knew Prabhupada later on. We had the Bhaktivedanta Institute and other things, and there's uh, many devotees are doing that now. But so that that's 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 uh, that's that's how I uh, uh, yeah. Even Prabhupada wanted to have a graduate research institute in Mayapur. He called me into his room and 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 and. 1976 uh, uh, to, to, to go and see about affiliating with the University of Calcutta to have a graduate research institution. He said, only our books. I said, well, we'll have to have a big library. He said, only our books. And I thought, oh, I'll show up that big. What are we going to do? <laughs> and I went to the University of Calcutta and they were interested. So I saw Prabhupada again then in Vrindavan and said, Prabhupada, they said we have to have a big library. Yeah, because I knew that. You know, you want to graduate research, you need a research library. And Prabhupada said, but you said only our books. He said, no, we can have a big library, Prabhupada said. All the books from the four Sampradayas. And I thought, wow, you know. And that's happening, actually. We, we, get, we, we got grants to photocopy them. My idea we could go around with a microfilm and start microfilming. Anyway, it's still in the works. So we, we are not against the people that want to do those kind of things. But you, again, like everything, intellect or uh, philosophical speculation has to be done in the service of Krishna. That's what we do. But really, all you have to know is three words, Hari, Krishna, and Rama. <laughs> you say them right, all knowledge is there. But saying them right is, takes a little dedication. Anything else? How, how do you see the future of our movement, Guru uh, I I think... Our movement is, it seems a little problematical right now because the rest of society is becoming apparently more secular and more godless. But I I think Krishna consciousness looks weird to people, not because we're so far in the past, but because we're so far in the future. Uh, We are more advanced than everybody else. Uh, you, you, you know, you people think of us as very conservative, but we're also super liberal. Just the fact that we're here today talking about these things in America is very liberal <laughs> to begin with, you know. 
but 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 you know, I was when I read the first canto of Bhagavatam, Prabhupada said that they talking about the duties of a king. That the king uh, business is to project protect the praja. A praja usually he says means all living beings, even the animals are citizens. And I thought then, and this was in the you know the sixties. How about saying that animals have civil rights? We're not just talking about civil rights for some human beings. The animals have civil rights. You know, I thought that is really, you know, when will people see that? You know, and they're beginning to. People are beginning to catch up to us. They're beginning to see that. Our farms, you know, we started out Gitanari Farm and somebody there complained to me, I think cow protection is a very expensive hobby. And I thought, you know, the cows are wealth, land and cows, and we're supposed to live on, you know, how can it be expensive hobby? Uh, but but the, the, the problem is we are doing it in the middle of, a, of an industrial economy. Uh, you have to plow with the cows. And I didn't, uh, last year I saw the New York Times, a couple of professors from the University of Massachusetts plowing with oxen very advanced because people begin to realize that if we're actually going to deal with climate change and these other effects of, of, of our hellish situation because Prabhupada said this kind of modern industrial society is hell the effects like global warming is that energy production and food production should be as local as possible. These professors thought about it and realized, wow, if you plow with oxen, you've got your, you know, you just have an oxen, right? That you're, an ox that you're plowing with. Where does this fuel come from? It's local. If you want a tractor, okay, it's pretty productive, but then you've got to have a factory to build a tractor, and then you've got to have oil wells, oil pipelines, you got to have armies to protect your oil in Saudi Arabia and these, you know, I mean, it's really expensive. <laughs> so they realized this just by thinking about it, that this is very advanced. So that's why I'm saying I'm really convinced that Prabhupada has, on a very practical level, things we need to learn. I think that's why we look so far uh, look so strange because we're way far ahead of people. And the things that look very, very weird to me in the beginning of Krishna consciousness, they become very clear and more and more becomes very clear every day. Prabhupada said of his Bhagavatams is that it, 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 is, it is an effort, his translations, for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. Maybe things will have to get worse before they get better. I don't want them to get worse, but if that happens, that may be the way. The more people will take up Krishna consciousness and understand that what's good for us is good for the earth, is good for the environment, is good for all living beings, and take it seriously, we can do more to change the world than anybody else. And even a few devotees can make that change. You look at what Prabhupada did. He said once, he said once, in the, early in the movement, he, he, was, travel, he was traveling in, in, in England and then in, in Africa. He said, I am one person. He said, and see what I have done. He said, and now we are 500. I guess that was the name of the number of his initiated devotees. He said, each one of you become just like me and imagine what can be accomplished. Mm -hmm. To me, that was his order. It wasn't, oh, you can't become me. Each one of you become just like me. We have been given everything that we need. All we have to do is take it. That's the future. If we do it. And if we don't, Lord Chaitanya's movement is going to spread all over the world. And Prabhupada said, if we don't do it, somebody else will. <laughs> he said, you should do it and get the credit. <laughs> okay.
Anybody else? Anything? Anything? I have a question. Yes, Rose. Now regarding the front. Come on. You say uh, that uh, we are far advanced already. We are advanced, you say, in our consciousness movement. We are what? You just we are say that advanced. we are advanced. Yeah, yeah, more advanced, huh? Right. Also, you say that animal have civil rights. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm very um, troubled for the fact that how do we deal? How we deal with the things that coming up in a tomorrow? Some religion kill our God. We worship cow. It's right outside mm -hmm. the message Krishna. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, millions of cows will be slaughtered. In my country, Bangladesh, it's going to be about three million cows will be slaughtered. Yeah, I know right? what's going on, yeah. And then, India is is not officially, but unofficially, is a Hindu country. They are the largest exporter of the beef. How do we answer these questions? I think this is very vital and very important. How do we do what? How do we answer? How do we make some reasons with this? What is, how do we say to ourselves that we we worship here and somebody next door, they're the most right out there. They'll be killing tomorrow. Well, That's my question. It is not that everybody all at once is going to become Krishna conscious. We All we can do is make ourselves more Krishna conscious and preach Krishna consciousness. It, it may be even Prabhupada talked mostly in private about a second battle of Kurukshetra. <laughs> you may get, he said to me, in fact he said it to me, he said these wars where the demons fight the demons, they don't accomplish anything. But if there's a war and one side is devotees and the other side is demons, then it's Krishna conscious. You said that. It could come that way. We could become very polarized. That one side will become more godly and the other side will become more ungodly. And you can see when people have a vested interest in, in, in harmful things, they fight. When people, you know, for years the tobacco industry knew that cigarettes was killing people, they kept it hidden. And when, when you tried to stop it, it was such a big fight. And now they're doing the same thing with climate change. This, you know, you, you know when, the, when the, more and more people are becoming vegetarian. And that's also another, you know, thing. And they're becoming vegetarian. I, I really believe yeah, things begin to change. You... When you, when, the, 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 when you chant Hare Krishna to yourself or together, that puts, that puts the holy name in the ether. And the ether becomes purified. And when the ether becomes purified, then, the, 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 then air becomes purified. And when air becomes purified, then water becomes purified and then earth becomes purified all the elements become purified starting with the ether because the subtle is more powerful so the consciousness is changing and I think chanting Hare Krishna has something to do with it and preaching Krishna consciousness has something to do with it and so many people I know that have come to our temple done a little bit of Krishna consciousness and left they stay vegetarian they say, well, I can't do all of that, but at least the other. And it's spreading. And, and, but it, you may, it may come to a real polarization. I would not like to see another war myself. But it could come to that. But all we have to worry about is what are we doing ourselves in our own circle with our own friends, with our own people, with our own consciousness, with our own... First of all, we got to deal with the demons in our heart, you know. <laughs> Somehow or other, we've uh, they've taken up residence with all of us, and we uh, we have to do that. That's my understanding. 
Anybody else? Anything? Anything at all? Anything about Krishna? Anything that bothered you for a long time? No? Well, I didn't mean to uh, cut her off. Because in India, they slaughter buffaloes, but they protect the cows. It's being done illegally. You can't do anything. Government can control it. I'm sorry, I could. No, what are you saying that in India they protect the cows but they slaughter buffaloes? That's not a good idea either, actually. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not as, I guess it's not as bad, but uh, anyway. No, no, Prabhupada said they, they eat the buffaloes. Yeah. Don't kill the cows, eat the buffaloes if you want. Yeah, that's yeah. better than that, but yeah. best, best is. Not even chickens. Not even chicken. Not even fish. <laughs> Not even fish. <laughs> so, Dominic? I also think we can't fall into the idea of India, Hinduism, Bangladesh, Muslim. Prophet said, we are not Hindus, we are not Muslims, we are not Christians. This is a... This is a program that he's brought from Lord Chaitanya is to get people to chant God's names, change the consciousness, so we don't have to worry about what, you know, being, you know, or become attached to the particular religion that we've grown up. So. Alright. Okay. It's nice for me to sort of a whole key. I love a lot of